Welcome back to Listen Up Podcast at Grace Christian University. Welcome back to the Listen Up Podcast. Uh, it's good to see your faces, though we really we can't, can't see, see your faces. <laughs> uh, season two, it's exciting. Glad to be back. Spring 22 Spring semester. Oh, his second one. That's so yeah, fun. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it's going well so far. At least <laughs> I would think so. Before we get into anything else, we are going to do a flashback in 50 seconds. So basically, what that is going to be is Gabby is going to time me, and I have 50 seconds to recap the past two weeks. Usually, it'll just be one week, but this week, we're going to try and cram in two weeks because it's the first episode, so we're going to get a bit crazy. <laughs> Not <Okay>. too crazy. <laughs> but I, I do have my notes here. Um, and also, shout out to Kawa, specifically Kenna, for making this great cherry bomb latte that you can still get. Uh, don't quote me on that because this is Friday. <laughs> I don't know about next week, but if it is, get it because it's very good. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Okay, uh, two weeks ago we had a Valentine's dinner. That was after the matchmaking event. Seven couples were paired up. That's amazing. Life series was on image and having intrinsic value because you're created in the image of God. This past week, we had an H3 project on Wednesday about uh, pornography. Uh, we also had a chapel on Tuesday about that. We then had reading break. We had ski trip on the Thursday done by student government. And regionals was this past weekend, and Grace won. Again, this is Friday. <laughs> we have no idea. I'm done. I'm done. What am I at? You're done? Yeah. 33. Wow. And then if ski I did trip. miss anything, I did say the ski trip. Wow, I just missed it. I was, I was blazing. You I was blazing. going super fast. Guns are blazing. Guns are blazing. <laughs> yeah, so basically... If I did miss anything, you can do your own calculations for how much time that would have taken. <laughs> I will take that personal yeah. time to figure that out. <laughs> okay, next on the docket, we have the student connection question for the week. So this week's connection question was, uh, what do you love about your classes? And we posted on Instagram some of the responses, but here are a few more by our students here. Courtney Griffizzle said, having the most amazing and passionate professors that foster my learning and growing. Rachel.Level4 said, the professors and small class sizes for most of the classes. And Anne underscore Winters underscore 17 said, when they are canceled. Sometimes, depending on the class, it's not <laughs> no. always the worst thing. When I was a student, at least. I mean, now looking back on it, I should have been more mature and didn't yeah. wish for that. But you I'm not saying it. that about anyone. <laughs> no, I'm just shooting no the breeze specific. here. There's no specific I'm looking at. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gabby, what hmm. did you love about classes when you attended Grace? I was a nerd, so I loved <laughs> classes. I loved homework, even though it stressed me. Um, but I think my favorite was probably like discussionals. Mm. I love just like sitting in a room and just like talking out really deep topics. So probably that or for worship art slash tech, since that's what I graduated mm. with, is getting to do projects and stuff and getting creative with people. So oh, yeah. that's cool. What about you? 
one of kind of kind of both and of those things uh because both of us were in worship arts different times but both of us were in worship <laughs> different arts. eras <laughs> different eras when i was a worship arts student i really enjoyed uh being in the back of a mech lab because <laughs> i mean most a lot of people stick uh sit in the back don't necessarily pay attention but me and my friends did but it also gave us uh, the ability to make looks at each other when a funny <laughs> comment was said or uh did the teacher really just say that uh <laughs> sometimes sometimes it gets like that uh and then uh the other thing i really enjoyed uh philosophy and mm. ethics class uh, because like you said, they were really discussion-based. Yeah. A shout out to Dr. Leverin. He uh, taught both of those and he just facilitated the discussion really well, <laughs> really uh, taught us to think critically. Mm -hmm. uh, and there were a few times when I left the class with my mind physically hurting. So. <laughs> yeah, that, I also love note-taking. Yes. I was I was just a nerd. <laughs> Straight <laughs> so, up nerd. <laughs> a nerd than a dork. Gabby, tell us what's coming up next. Yeah, so we have Danny G, our first podcast guest for the semester. Um, he got to speak this past week, so, or this past Tuesday, or today. Yeah. Today in chapel, so you get to hear him again. So let's check that out. Hey, guys. Uh, today's guest, we have the one and only Danny Garcia, or as you know, Danny G, uh, here on the Listen Up podcast today. You know him from speaking this morning in chapel, if you were there like a good student. Uh, just kidding. Sometimes we need sleep too, but make sure to get those chapel scans in. Uh, you would also know him from being the manager at Kahawa and being a consistent presence on campus. Danny, hello. Oh, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you don't know this because you're listening to it now, but we actually recorded another one with Danny last week and the audio didn't work. So we had him back. Yes, I'm back. And he was gracious enough to take us up on that. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're watching the video, you can see the uh, incredible threads that he's fashioning for us right now. <laughs> Thanks. I think I might've wore these, these pants last time. Okay. I don't remember, but where'd you get the pants? I think I got them from urban outfitters. Okay. These are my favorite pants. I always get at least one comment on them. So Okay, there's the comment. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it. Cool. So um, tell us a little bit about just what's going on in your life and then a little bit about what you'll be talking about today. Yeah, um, I'm a senior. I'm about to graduate, so I'm getting ready to just move forward into hopefully getting involved in some kind of pastorate you know, position and maybe residency or something like that. Just getting involved in ministry in the church and in the real world and you know move forward in that um hopefully one day be a professor of some sort but so uh take us back where did you first uh observe like the responsibility that comes with leadership the accountability required take us a little bit through that history yeah it kind of goes for me hand in hand with the the responsibility and the weight of it and my whole experience and like the desire to want to be a pastor um, just because like I didn't grow up in the church. Um, but once I got involved in youth group and the, the leaders that were like kind of, but at the same time, I could also see just people sin and like, like people fall and like people mess up and those kind of experiences and the damage that it can do. Mm -hmm. And so I could see that it's a high, very big responsibility for someone to be in this position. And I had this 
this strong desire very early on of wanting to be in that position and kind of take that, take charge in that and hopefully be a set a good example of -hmm. some sort. I know that obviously I'm not perfect and those, those leaders weren't perfect as well, but Mm -hmm. um, I was just hoping that with that feeling, that desire, like I wanted to be in that position to try and, you know, be an ambassador for Christ in that, in that sense. So tell us a little bit about the, the positive experiences you had with pastors owning up to the responsibilities and, and being a shepherd for their flock? Yeah. Um, I've had like my brother who he's like involved. He's a youth pastor right now up in um, Traverse city. He has continuously poured into me and shown me like the dedication and the faithfulness to God throughout his entire, not even just ministry, but just his entire life. He's the one who uh, kind of relatively led me to Christ, Hmm. started like taking me to church and taking me to places and and conferences and was just pouring into me constantly. Um, And even in the midst of like times where we would face like hard, uh, difficult situations within the church and with people, he was always there Mm -hmm. to always point me back to like truth and and who God was and his character um, and his faithfulness in our lives, which just showed me like, man, he is just a great guy. And I want to be like him one day. Mm. And so it was him. And then also even the pastors who have like had bad experiences. Um, I've seen like my youth pastor before um, make mistakes and come to me and say like, hey, like I like I messed up. Like I want to say sorry for like how I've like treated you or um, like pastors who have like want to kind of like feed into discipline, but then like realize like maybe I wasn't being more of a, a steward and discipline, but more of like. A bully or just more a little mm. more aggressive than I should have been mm. and apologize me to me in those senses. Um, and so I've seen like humility as well as like confidence. And those two kind of like things have really uh, shown to me that, you know, you can you can still mess up and still be a, a faithful servant to God, mm-hmm. even in situations that are like seem super detrimental, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those those two things, um, mainly my brother, though, who was a huge impact in my life throughout throughout times of in, in ministry. Tell me a little bit more about those detrimental times for for your pastors or church leaders that you've experienced. Yeah, those those times in my life were kind of like things I see as like a like bittersweet. You know, mm-hmm. like there were times where people were really like huge impact, like a huge impact on me and. Um, you know, they, they were really positive times in my life. And then out of nowhere, it would be like really bad that like things would pop up mm. um, behind the scenes for certain like people, pe- like leaders within ministry. Um, one of the, I have kind of two main, uh, maybe even three, like main, like, like, I, like times in my life where a leader was in a position or leading me or I was witnessing this leader do s- some kind of ministry and it would come out that they were doing something to hurt people mm. or like without even knowing it or even just like blatantly knowing that this is hurtful and harmful and hiding it. Mm. Um, and so like those kind of like experiences with leaders who were overseeing you or overseeing other people, especially if they were young. Like I've had my youth, my first youth leader give who gave me my first Bible and would consistently like pull me in to go to church it came out that he was sexually molesting kids in our youth group. And that was really hard for me just for the fact of like, this guy was someone who poured into me. He was my first kind of like mentor 
you would say in my life. And so during that time, that was, that was hard, but my faith didn't really have any depth. And it wasn't until I began to experience like things with my youth pastor, once I got into like high school and similar things came out with him messing with leaders in the church. And he kind of like manipulated me and other leaders to kind of support him um, to, to like cover this lie, even though we didn't know, uh, mm -hmm. to cover this lie, to protect his character. And then it came out that things were real, that he was messing with leaders in the church. And so those kind of two things, very hard, mm -hmm. you know, very hurtful for not just me, but other people. And also just, you know, Christians in general, for people to, to look at it from the outside and see like, man, if you're going to put these people in leadership, like, that's kind of like, that's wrong. Like, why would you have people like that in leadership? Leaders who were, you know, had just bad characters or were doing bad things. And I would acknowledge it and see it right away and say, like, that's not good. And not just let it happen or, or acknowledge the fact that, you know, that is an issue and that needs to be addressed. And so it does, it was kind of like a, a James kind of uh, thing of, you know, you go through trials and those trials, you know, they make you stronger, mm -hmm. they make you wiser, like, you know, how to handle them now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so I kind of have a, like I said, a bittersweet relationship with those experiences. Looking back a little bit more on that, how did those congregations respond to what happened? And how did they resolve the situation? For I'll kind of focus on the first two molesting kids. I was younger. Uh, I was think I was still in, maybe in middle school. I don't know if I was in high school yet, but that was something that I don't I vaguely remember because it was kind of hidden from us since it was mm. so like involved with us. And I think for kids, the kids that it was going like happening with, they were our friends. And so I don't think they wanted other their like friends to know that this happened to them just because that would cause conflict maybe or like you know they just don't want that information out and so i think obviously the once that came out um the man went to prison and he wasn't there any any longer um but i think ever since then it kind of just faded away like it wasn't really talked about i don't know if that's right or wrong i don't know if like those people had gotten help for it or things like that so that kind of just faded out and I haven't really didn't really hear from it much after that. I think it, a lot of things happened behind the scenes that I didn't know about where people kind of knew and kind of didn't know. Hmm. And they made the leader who it was first off one leader who came out um, initially and they made that leader step out of the ministry because they believed in the youth pastor. And that's that's when all like he was using me and other leaders to support him and like kind of like manipulate us to say like hey like he's a good guy, he would never do this, things like that. Let me clarify, I was a junior in high school at that time, so I was very impressionable mm -hmm. and didn't really know like kind of like what to do or what to say, and so I just kind of went along with it. And so in that sense, I would think it was it was a very difficult decision to make because there was just no real like understanding of what is actually like who's telling the truth. Mm. Um, and then after more people had come out saying like, hey, like this happened to me, then it became a real issue of like, OK, this actually was right. Like they were right. Like they weren't lying uh, or this 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 person wasn't lying. And so then they began to handle it 
in a better way. Um, I don't know if the way they handled it was right, but all I know is that they tried to get the youth pastor some help and say like, Hey, we would love to take you to some counseling, you know, like, or like just help you out and walk alongside you. You can't be in this position anymore, but we'd still like to walk alongside you and be present, be there for you. So I thought that was really, really helpful to kind of see like how the church responded and like, Mm -hmm. we want to still help you out, like still show grace and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And then for me, like someone who was like, on the side of like you're like to this person who was like coming out and these people who were coming out saying like no like this guy is a good guy i remember walking up into like a diner because these people were my friends mm. and i would like go to the, i was going to them and i'm like crying and i'm like i'm so sorry like this i i didn't know you know and like without saying anything they just came up and hugged me and mm. just showed like love you know and grace and said like you know it's okay like you like we forgive you like you were okay like you didn't do anything wrong mm-hmm. so that that also was a, a huge impact wow. on me to see like man like despite issues forgiveness is still a real thing mm-hmm. and i i just love that like if you can show grace and forgiveness even the hardest situations if someone like that who is hurt can show forgiveness for someone mm-hmm. like that um who has wronged them i i think it, anyone can have forgiveness in that sense so what effects did those situations have on your faith and also your desire to be a pastor it definitely made it stronger i remember when that whole scandal came out the pastor i think he was the associate pastor at that time came to me one day during youth and he just he sat next to me he put his hand his arm around me and he's just like hey i just want to see how you're doing like I want to see like where you're at, like, what were you feeling about this? Like, are like, are you doubting like God, like what's, what's happening? And usually when stuff like this happens, like people step out of the church, like they leave because Mm -hmm. they see like, you know, this isn't perfect. Like issues are happening. Like the leaders are, are bad and they see that and they're like, I got to get out of here. Well, where for me, like initially, like that's something that just didn't, occur to me like i just felt like i I realized like okay this was a a person who messed up and did something bad and that doesn't mean that god is like that Mm. and so that kind of like was clear to me from the start um and it made me it was a big reason of why i wanted to become a pastor because it made me realize man this is an important job to be in i want to be in this position to like hold to that standard in a sense and like mm. try my best at least to 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 be a good a good response like um ambassador or like someone to look to a role model for someone who wants to be a pastor mm. so it, it it definitely made my faith and my desire to be a pastor a lot stronger why do you think pastors need to be held to certain standards or the responsibility or should be held accountable I think that it is very easy to for someone in a position like that to have control mm. in someone's life spiritually and in some cases even like emotionally and even worst cases financially you know which we don't want to see um but there, there's a lot of control and there's a lot of authority that takes place in that and someone who can like is in that position can take advantage of that and if you don't have the right responsibilities, the right people around you to help to be like, hey, like, like tread lightly or like 
be careful or be above reproach like mm. like that can be a, a, a recipe waiting you know for disaster and so i think like you need people around you you need accountability for yourself for your family all these things that that just how i don't it could be different there's a lot of different ways you can do that you can go like you can go with that route but accountability does need to be there because it's so important that we care for people and like we don't like first off cause damage to people emotionally spiritually you know in their lives but also cause damage to the church and people's mm-hmm. perspective to who who Christ is who God is because if like i said like usually people see situations like that and they they attribute human experience and actions to who God is mm-hmm. and that's just those things do not correlate and so yeah there there's major responsibility and accountability that does need to take place um, but I would like to say that despite the actions and the negativity that happen uh, from pastors and leaders in the church, the people who sit and like lean in on on being faithful and trying to do their best, um, that's where you really see the the the, the benefit in in the pastorate. Mm-hmm. You see the 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 impact that God can have on people's life, and you're a witness to that. John Louder, who's Jared, Jared Louder's dad, we I listened to him give a, a message about how we as pastors we're all sitting in the same congregation in God's in God's uh, you know theater and like what he's um, sharing with us, mm-hmm. and we're just those who are sitting in the front seat, you would say, and getting a first like glimpse and firsthand experience of of what God is doing in people's lives, mm-hmm. and like we're able to to go to places in situations where people are you know experiencing something spiritual or experiencing something something like harsh or, or difficult in their lives and we go to that and we're able to walk alongside people in many places and see you know god is really moving in this mm. person's heart or he's moving in this person's life and he's doing stuff and we're able to witness that and we're able to share that with others and say hey like this is something I've seen and I'm going to share it with you as well. So it, it's something that I think people, even though it's it's a big responsibility and not everyone can do it, it's mm. it's so worth it to be a part of it. And I can just see the passion you have for it just like exude from you. Uh, and I'm super excited to see where God uses you uh, in that aspect. Just one last thing for those, this is the truth bomb. Uh, for those who are currently going through a situation in their church or have gone through a situation in their church around leaders who failed to live up to the expectations that they were expected to live up to. Um, what do you have to say to them? What's some advice? That's, uh, that's a hard one because it's like any, all situations are different and you might even get a case where someone, you know, the leader that they would go to is the leader that's doing things that is harmful. And so they're like, I don't know who to go to. I would suggest that if we if you go to someone who you feel comfortable with and if you feel like there's someone you can trust and could give like actually good like like discernment and wisdom to you that probably is the best way and not to just hold it back and like keep it hidden and not tell anyone but really like genuinely tell someone even if it's something that's that's not that you don't know what you're going to do with that information, like go to someone and speak to them about it so you can like 
talk it through and let it out. And then also ultimately just, you know, give that to God and, and ask him to give you the wisdom that, that, that he has for you to know, like, I don't know what to do with this situation. God, please like show me or reveal to me that this is, this is the path that you want me to, to, to go into the, mm-hmm. uh, this is the decision that that needs to be made or whatever it may be. Um, so I guess two things go to God, um, and go to people. <laughs> Those are the, find the community that is there for you, because even if you might not see it, there is community that is present in some place. Mm-hmm. You just have to go, go to it. Well, thank you for being on the show, Danny. Thank you for giving your insight and your wisdom. You can actually check out Danny on his own podcast called Magnifying the Ministry with John Michael Clark. Yes, sir. Where can people listen to that? Uh, you can go on YouTube, Spotify, um, and we're also on Anchor. But I mean, I don't know if people actually go to that to listen <laughs> to stuff. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. See you next week with another guest. Alrighty, that's all we have for you this week. Um, Tune in next week for our next guest. And as always, listen up. Thank you for listening. See you next week on the Listen Up Podcast.